the darkness. One landed on my eyelashes and turned the world white while it melted into a tear. Others floated onto the cling film of ice that had been stretched over the water in the night and was barely thick enough to carry the weight of the flakes. Resting my hands, lukewarm inside their gloves on the iron railing, I leant over and stared down into the blackness. It was early, I thought, and there weren't many people around. It was cold. They'd never get me out in time. I'd only have to step off the bridge and... A hand landed on my back. Morning, Lotta. Lost something? I pulled back from the edge. Hi, hands. Just watching the ice. My colleague would have placed his large hand on my arm if I hadn't moved away. Hans' cry was descended from many generations of strong farming stock, and his hefty body, made for withstanding the eternal wind of the north, was out of place in the office, where he had to duck whenever he walked through a door and had to force himself into his chair like a spade in the clay soil of his parents' farm. Even his dirty blonde hair was the colour of potato peelings. We walked through the entrance to the police station together, but I stayed out of step with him so that my footsteps kept their own individual sound. It was around lunchtime when I got the call that Ben van Ravensburger was being questioned. I immediately made my way down the stairs to the interview room and went inside the observation booth. A previous occupant had left a brown plastic cup behind them, as well as the faint smell of sweat. I sat down in front of the one-way mirror, clutching my mug of coffee, the fifth of the day, and thinking that I'd rather be anywhere else than here, in the dark, watching the kid I'd shot. But I felt an obligation towards him. I'd made his situation so much worse and I should at least hear the story of what his uncle had supposedly done. In the dimness of the observation booth, I watched the interrogation room where Andre Camp was interviewing the kid. The detective's dark hair was streaked through with grey, the same colour as his suit. We used to work together before I moved to another team. Tell me what you heard, the detective said. The microphone on the table made his voice tinny and electronic. I already did that twice. The bright light flirted with the kid's high cheekbones and flawless skin. He would look good on the tapes. He was a little older than I'd originally thought in the petrol station. In his early twenties, maybe. Those tight blonde curls circled his head like bouncing question marks. He also had a heavily bandaged arm that I tried not to look at. I took another sip of coffee. Ben had told the truth about one thing. His uncle was famous. Ferdinand van Ravensburger was often on TV, famous for being rich and for mixing with the movie stars and other celebrities. And now it seemed he might be guilty of murder. I hadn't thought we would take Ben's accusation seriously, but my colleagues clearly thought otherwise, that it was important enough to keep Ben here to be interviewed. They were shouting, the kid said. She was having an affair, she said. You're never here, you're always at work. Your aunt and uncle. The detective steepled his fingers and rested them against his bottom lip. Right, and then he said, Don't blame me for this, you're the one doing it. And this went on for a bit, but then he said, If you don't stop seeing him, I'll kill him. You know I've killed someone before. My eyelids felt heavy. I wrote down, Ferdinand van Ravensburger said he killed someone, to keep myself awake. With a blue pen, I drew concentric circles on my notepad, then squares around them with a pencil. My watch said I'd been in the observation area for five minutes. 
I'd stay another five, I decided. I'd heard the main line. I could report back on the information we got from Ben and let that be it. I needed to get through the paperwork on the Wendy Levenhook case and make sure everything was in order before it went to the prosecution. Ferdinand van Ravensburger said that, Andre Camp tapped his fingers against his bottom lip. Right. How long ago was this? Six years. The detective pushed his chair back and got up. He stayed to the right to keep my line of sight clear. Where were you? In the hallway. I'd been to the loo. My colleague stepped close to the glass and looked over my head at himself. He adjusted his already straight tie and winked. I couldn't tell if it was at me or at the kid via the mirror. Did you flush? The kid screwed up his forehead in puzzlement, leant back and folded his arms. Does that matter? Let me put it like this. Did they notice you were there?